Hey family, welcome to the Recalibrate podcast. It's your host Esther Glory and this is a new episode. Welcome guys, welcome back to the party. I feel like I haven't said that in such a long time. But welcome back to this week's episode. I'm so thankful that you guys are always joining me here and we want to celebrate 1,000 plays of the Recalibrate podcast. Now, I don't know if that's big for y'all, that number might be small, but for us over here, we're a community podcast and we've been growing for just under six months now. And so I'm so thankful to have had over a thousand plays of the podcast um, so early on. I'm so thankful to each and every single one of you who joins in every week unfailingly, sends your feedback, sends your challenge of the week in. You guys are absolutely phenomenal. And I'm so grateful to be on this journey with my online community. You guys are the best. Thank you so, so much. And just to celebrate that, the More Devotional will be on sale for the next 24 hours with the code MORE1K, um, all caps lock, at the checkout. And you will be able to get 10% off the devotional um, and be able to grab yourself and or a friend a copy. So make sure that you go ahead and do that. Uh, Make sure that you grab a copy of the More 30-Day Devotional where you look at more in God, pursuing him more, finding out more of your identity. What's the more that's in you? that you can feel but are yet to have a grasp on and also more of your purpose how do how do you discover purpose and how do you deepen your understanding of your purpose um those are all the things that the the uh devotional journeys through and not only that it journeys through how to study the bible to find these practical applications that you can apply to your everyday life and so yeah make sure that you grab yourself a copy and make sure that if you've not yet subscribed to the podcast hit the subscribe button and make sure that you leave a review and that you rate the podcast um, so that we can have more people join our online community Thank you so much, guys, for um, all of the support so far. It has been amazing. I've had a personally great week in my own personal life, and I'm praying that God's very best for each and every single one of you who are listening in as well. Now, we've been journeying through hearing God's voice and we've had various episodes where we've spoken about the role of God's voice in our individual lives and how we can practicalize that and some principles that we can use to navigate um, hearing the voice of God and being more accustomed and sensitive to his voice. And so today it's going to be a bit of a longer episode. It's not going to follow our typical pattern. And I know some of you lot have been asking, crying, literally asking me for longer episode. So we're going to have a few in each season, especially if I feel like this is something I really can't rush through in 20, 15 to 20 minutes. Um, and so this week's episode is called Make Room. It is called Make Room. Why? Because we're going to be journeying through how you practically make room for the voice of God to be an important, necessary factor for your life. And I'll start by making a case saying this, The voice of God is not an option. It is not an accessory. It is a necessity for a believer to be able to hear God's voice and to be able to navigate with the messages, with his word, with his will that he is choosing to share with us. And so I really want you guys 
to hone in, listen in, get yourself a snack, get yourself some biscuits, and welcome to the party. Find yourself a seat while we play this game of spades, okay? <laughs> um, but yeah, please make sure that you listen into this episode because it's going to be really practical on how you can effectively hear the voice of God more or better. And so, yeah, let's let's go. We're going to start with the random musing of my heart. The random musing of my heart for this week's episode is um, energy conservation. So I was having a conversation um, literally just a few days ago, and I was really um, thinking about the fact that um, sometimes we try and give our all to everyone. And energy conservation is a really powerful principle that teaches, um, I've, it's in the book Sun Tzu's um, Art of War, which I'll also leave a link to in the episode notes. Um, but one of the principles that he speaks about in um in his strategies is energy conservation. Now that's not necessarily a Christian book, but it's a great book about strategy um, and about uh, warfare um, and also about um, coming into a better understanding of leading, building, all of that stuff. So it's a phenomenal book that I go back to read often. Um, And so I would encourage you to read it. The link will be in the show notes. Um, But yeah, in his book, one of the things he speaks about is energy conservation, that sometimes when you're building strategy for starting things afresh, a lot of us try to build all of these things all at the same time. And one of the things that I find is that we get caught up when people don't respond to how much effort we're putting in and pouring out. Um, And I I was sharing in this conversation um, a couple of weeks ago that honor is the principle that unlocks the anointing or the mantle or even the the favor that is upon somebody uh, and what they have to give. Honor is what unlocks that. And so sometimes if people are not honoring what you're giving, what you're sharing, what you're pouring out, what you've been processed for, what you've gone through trials and tribulations to build in you, then I feel like you should um, conserve your energy for the people who are respondent to what is on the inside of you. Be uh, Conserve your energy to the people that your voice has been crafted for. Um, know who gets your hand, know who gets your heart, know the difference between those things because it will help you to conserve energy to build well. And so I've been thinking about that for the last couple of weeks. um, And this conversation really sparked my thoughts concerning it. But energy conservation is something, it's even a business principle, but it's something we don't necessarily take when it comes to our purpose, when it comes to what we're called to do. Um, We don't necessarily attribute it to those things as well. But I think it's so important if honor isn't present, then conserve your energy from that thing. Does that mean that you can't still be yourself? Does that mean you still can't be kind and and show the love of God? No, not at all. You can do all of those things and show up friendly, but conserve the energy of what you've been processed for. There's a scripture that speaks about Joseph, um, and it's and it will be it will be in the description as well. But there's a scripture and it says that the word of God, um, that uh, Joseph was tried and tested until the word of God came true in him. And one of the things that we forget is that everything that we are called to be and to become, we are actually tried and tested, processed for that place, for that position, for that uh, um, posture. And so sometimes I think we forget the journey it took us to get to where we are to be able to pour out to other people. If you're pouring and there's no honor in return, now I'm not just talking about honoring monetary value, I'm talking about honoring, valuing, esteeming above um, 
other things, what you are pouring out, then I don't believe that you should be pouring into leaking vessels. And so conserve your energy for the days ahead. Conserve your energy for the people you're called to. Conserve your energy for those who have the key of honor to unlock what is in you. And so, yeah, that would be the random musing of my heart for this week's episode. If there's no honor, conserve your energy. If there's no honor, conserve your energy. Um, And so let's dive right into this week's episode titled Make Room. If you're listening with me and you're in a space where you can talk, repeat after me, make room, put your name at the front, say Esther Glory, make room, put your name there and say make room, make room guys, make room. Why do we need to do that? We need to make room because um, everything that we do, everything that we become, everything that we as believers try to mature in or conforming to the image of Christ, living out our salvation practically, all of these things are married by the fact that we have a recognition of Holy Spirit and the voice of God, that literally the Spirit of God that shares with us his mind, his will, his emotions, his heart concerning us, concerning our spheres of influence, concerning our families, all the things, okay? And so we're going to speak about some practical things that will help us to hear the voice of God. Number one, we hear the voice of God by faith. I think I've said this so much in all of our episodes. I've spoken about the importance of faith. And one of the things that is really important when it comes to hearing the voice of God is that you understand that it's by your faith. Ephesians 2, I believe it's verse um, 8, where it says we have been saved by grace through faith. And I think that when we understand that, we understand that faith is the currency of believers, but faith is also the logic of believers. It's by faith that we have authority in God as sons and daughters. It's by faith that we believe and hear his voice and discern what he has to say. It's by faith that we continue, even with trials and tribulations and with the suffering that comes with sharing the gospel or being a part or being exposed to the gospel. It's by faith that we overcome. It's by faith that we are conquerors. It's by faith that we move and navigate as believers. And once we begin to understand that, we begin to invest in our faith. That's the word, invest in your faith. If you want to be able to hear the voice of God, become more sensitive to his voice, be able to um, live out what he is telling you, what he is sharing with you, and uh, truly apply it to your life, invest in your faith. Now, how do we do that? I'm going to read to you Romans 10 verse 17 in the Amplified Version. This is probably one of my favorite scriptures. Um, In the Amplified, it says, so faith comes from hearing what is told and what is heard comes by the preaching of the message concerning Christ. Now, the Amplified puts it like this, and I read it like that on purpose. But other translations say faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Now, some of us have only attributed that to um, the written word of God, which is just as important. But what this scripture lets us know is that the testimony of Jesus Christ, the true gospel, also enlightens our faith, also stirs our faith, also builds our faith. And so I think that it's really important, Revelations 19.10, the very last sentence, um, the testimony of Jesus Christ is the spirit of prophecy. One of the things that I, and prophecy is to um, have access to God's voice and to be able to hear what he 
has to say. And so one of the things that I find that's really important in this is that we must have a revelation of Jesus Christ and we must pursue wisdom, knowledge and understanding concerning his testimony, who he was, who he is to us, what he does, who he who he was and what he did in the time that he was here and also as the glorified Christ who sits at the right hand of the Father making intercession for us. Who is Jesus Christ? This testimony, this testament of Jesus Christ, the center of our faith is what will inform our faith and build our faith. So investing in your faith also includes being in communities, having an internal revelation of Jesus Christ, but also being in communities that that, um, value the testimony of Jesus Christ, also being in a church context, being planted somewhere where they share the pure, unadulterated gospel of Jesus Christ. There are so many ways that your faith can be built, but the primary way, according to Romans 10, 17, is by hearing about the testimony of Jesus Christ and being changed, being impacted by it. Um, That is the first thing, by faith. And one of the things that um, really stuck out to me, um, and I'm going to share some of my own personal stories um, as we go through this episode, but one of the things that stuck out to me as I was preparing for this was that um, even before you have faith, you do have an inclination, your your conscience, your um, internal moral values lean towards what is right and wrong by virtue of God being our creator. And you have an understanding not only of what is right and wrong, but you have inclinations towards certain things, towards worship, towards um, um, looking at something and becoming like it or by being able to imitate, you understand some of the foundational principles of the gospel and our role as believers, even without being introduced to the faith. And so um, one of the ways that this was present in my life was from as early on as I can remember, most all of my memorable childhood. So up until the age of maybe 15, um, I would dream often, like I would dream, I would have open visions where I would see things before my very eyes, but I didn't realize that that wasn't normal because from as early on as I could remember, I always just saw things. Um, And so I would have dreams often. I remember having dreams and I would go on long walks with this figure. I couldn't see his face. He was so bright, shining. Um, And I would see his face. I wouldn't be able to see his face, but I would be able to hear his voice. Um, And I would go on these long walks and I would have these conversations. And when I would read about, I would read scriptures years later and be like, oh my gosh, I know this scripture. I don't know where it is, but I know it. And I would read these scriptures later on and be like, this is what God was speaking to me about in these dreams as a child. Um, I remember my parents being aware that of the fact that I was seeing more than I was letting on. Um, I remember my parents used to go and pray for people and pray in their pray over their houses, um, just to bless their houses as pastor, part of their pastoral duties. And I remember one time my parents taking um, like me and my siblings, and we went to this house and it was being blessed. Um, and I remember them praying, and I lit I literally saw like these little black dogs just running everywhere. I I don't know dogs. I'm not very great with like breeds and stuff like that. But I saw these black dogs running everywhere. And then in certain rooms, there were these bigger black dogs, probably like Dobermans or Rottweilers, like 
these massive dogs were in certain rooms but in in the main hallway and in the living room and stuff it was like little black dogs they were tearing in this vision this open vision that I was seeing they were literally tearing up furniture biting people scratching the family members that were in the thing and now this is scary to see as like a five six year old um so I remember running to my mum and grabbing her and being like, I can see black dogs, like, mum, I can see black dogs, I can see black dogs everywhere. Um, and she just consoled me and began to pray for me and then shared what I had seen with my dad. And my dad begin, began to specifically pray to the symbolism, not, not that there's anything wrong with dogs, but just the fact that in the scriptures, there are particular symbols, um, there are dream symbols, vision symbols that as believers, when you begin to look at the characteristics of some of these things, these animals or these symbols that you're seeing, they can, God can be using them to show you a deeper meaning, a deeper revelation of what may be happening supernaturally. And so later on in the season, we're going to go through different streams and, and channels of revelation that God may speak to you through in detail, like episode by episode, um, not in this episode, but we'll go through that soon. But as I was seeing this open vision, my dad, who was um, who's who's been pastoring for for almost 20 years at this point, was able to decode what exactly God was saying. So I was a child. So all the only language I had was for him to show me these animals, to show me what was going on and sharing that with my parents. They were able to make sense. They had language and vocabulary for what I was being shown as a child. And so um, I I saw things as early as that from five or six. I remember um, going to my first few days in like um, nursery reception year one, that kind of um, um, air, like age range. Um, and I remember going in the first day and ha- like I remember going in and being like, hi, Anne. Hey, Jason, like knowing everybody's names, um, like all of the children in the nursery and stuff, I knew everyone's names. So I'm like calling these people by their names, these children. And they're like, how did you know my name? Because we didn't even have name tags because none of us could read yet. Um, but I just like when I would see people, I would see like these fact files open up about them and I would see names, ages, their parents' pictures. Like it was crazy to me that no one else saw what I was seeing, but I didn't know it wasn't normal because I had always seen that way from as early on as I could remember. And so I had always seen, but I didn't have language, didn't have vocabulary for some of the stuff I saw um, and some of the stuff that I could actively um, sense when I was around certain people. Um, I had dreams up and every single night unfailingly from as early on as I could remember all the way up until 15. And I remember being 15, going on 16, and I didn't have those dreams anymore. Um, And I remember one day praying and I was like, oh God, like I really hope that like I've not done something wrong. I can't hear you. I can't see you. I don't have these dreams anymore. Um, And I remember God saying to me so vividly at that age um, in prayer, he was saying that I was building your reliance, your experience bank in me so that I could build your faith. And he was saying that you don't need to have these dreams and see all of these things now because you're acquainted with my voice. And so he was saying that I'm go as long as you stay sensitive and postured towards me, you will always hear me as clear as this. Just as clearly as you're hearing me speak on this podcast was as clearly as I heard God say those words. And I've heard him like that ever since. And so 
Yes, when trials and tribulations in life have happened, his voice has become foggy, but that's not because he stopped speaking or he's become distant, but it's because I've allowed things to get in the way of my sensitivity to discerning and understanding and hearing what he has to say. And so that's what I wanted to share with you guys first and foremost, build your faith. Like I in those early stages, I, I'm sharing this with you even to build your faith through my personal experiences with God um, as well. And so build your faith. In those early years, I didn't really have to do anything to hear his voice. I, it was just I heard his voice. But what I want to share with you guys now is that as I got older, things became foggy when I couldn't hear him because I had lost that innocence um, of childhood. And so now it's a thing where I actively have to build my faith to hear God's voice consistently. And sometimes I become complacent because I do hear the voice of God. I'll begin to when he speaks, I'll begin to ignore him or I'll begin to procrastinate when he gives me instructions. Um, or even when he's affirming me, I kind of don't pay attention to his affirmations or confirmations because I'm allowing the voice of inadequacy or imposter syndrome to speak up. Even when God, my whole creator, is telling me exactly what he created me to be, but also the truth concerning me that does not at all mirror um, what the enemy or what imposter syndrome or what inadequacy might be telling me, or even false narratives from trauma might be trying to educate me on. Um, And so those voices I have to literally shut down so that I can be attentive to the voice of God. Now, I called this episode Make Room because I remember having this conversation with my mentees as well in one of our um, Recalibrate mentorship, mentorship sessions. But I remember sharing with them that we sometimes say we want to hear the voice of God. We really want to become more sensitive to what he has to say to us. And sometimes we share this and we say, yeah, we really want to hear God's voice. But sometimes we actually just want to welcome him to the boardroom of all the other voices that we have in our lives. Now, I'm going to shut up and let you breathe that in. Selah. One of the things I had to realize was that I didn't, when I would always say, God, no, I really want to hear you. It's a bit foggy right now. I can't hear you. One of the things that really stopped me from hearing God's voice or hindered me or didn't or offered resistance to me hearing God's voice was the fact that I didn't actually want to hear him sometimes I wanted to bring him to the table this boardroom that I was this board meeting that I was holding with my inadequacies with the voices of false narratives from traumas with the voices of abusers with the voices of people who didn't like me and who slandered and misunderstood me from the voices of um people from negative word curses and all these other things that may have been spoken over you. You literally put these, I've done this, I sometimes I have to challenge myself because I'll put all of these voices around a table and I'll say, I want to hear God's voice. But what I'm really saying is I want to bring him to the table so that after deliberating upon all of the things I've heard, including what God has to say, I'll make the decision. Now, that's not really how it works when it comes to the voice of God. The voice of God leads the way. The voice of God leads the way. And so in order to make room for the voice of God, one of the things you have to do is place his voice not only at the top of your priority and who you want to hear concerning certain things, but you have to place him 
at the center of your life to govern what you are doing. You cannot have a board meeting with a bunch of voices that may be telling you things. Imposter syndrome is probably one of the things I struggle to navigate this dynamic with um, because sometimes I'll be amazing at something and I'll get great feedback from it. Um, from other people when they encounter me or experience that particular thing. But when I when it comes to hearing God's voice, imposter syndrome will be telling me, sis, you, you can't do this. Sis, you're a fraud at this. Sis, you don't even have the qualifications to be doing this. And it's like, I do. I actually have years of experience in this thing. I'm actually excellent at this thing. Um, not even from a prideful place, but by virtue of fruit and results. And sometimes I can find myself listening to imposter syndrome and God is literally telling me, okay, take risks now. Go to the next stage in this thing. Speak to this person. Do this new thing. Try this new venture concerning this thing. And I'll be literally ignoring the voice of God that will actually give me grace and ease and excellence to do it. Um, I will be ignoring the voice of God and listening to imposter syndrome because it sounds like the distorted version of my own voice. I just had a breakthrough moment. I've never said that out loud before. But yeah, I'm sharing this with you guys. Uh, we're family. It's a safe space. But what I realized is that imposter syndrome is actually a distorted version of my own voice. Now, what's happening internally is that I can see that I'm good at something, but because of the belief systems that are limiting in my own mind, sometimes I can begin to think or say that limiting beliefs, I may be excellent at this to everybody else, but I know I'm not good enough. And so in order to marry the narrative that I'm excellent at this thing, so I have to be a fraud. So what happens is imposter syndrome distorts my own voice and allows me to think certain things or believe these limiting beliefs versus the empowering beliefs that actually come from hearing God's voice. And so this is what I want to share with you guys today. Stop allowing the distortions of false narratives from trauma and from imposter syndrome and maybe even weaknesses and inadequacies to educate your decision-making or your life beyond what God has to say concerning you. Because God will correct and convict you if he feels like you're outside of what his empowering beliefs for you are. Even in his correction, it is love. He, the Bible says that he chastises those that he loves. And one of the things that I think that we need to learn how to do is to embrace conviction as one of the roles of the voice of God. I was going to do a whole episode on conviction, but I was like, let me slide this in right here, right now. One of the roles of the voice of God is conviction. John 16 verse 8, I believe. Uh, John 16 verse 8 speaks about the role of conviction as one of the roles of God in our lives, one of the roles of Holy Spirit in our lives. And so even if God feels like you are, aren't in the place or the space where he wants you to be, it's still an empowering belief system that he will give to you by virtue of love. It is out of love that he will course correct you into the places, spaces or things that he wants you to be involved in. But he will never condemn you. For therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus is what the scripture says. And sometimes I feel like we have to um, course correct ourselves in our thinking 
By faith, we know that we hear the voice of God, but we cannot allow limiting beliefs to draw us away from the empowerment that comes from hearing God's voice. Don't just invite God's voice to the room. Let it have the lead. Let it have the final say. And I think that that will really empower us to build our faith and to trust God when he speaks to us. Because when we obey him, we spoke about this um, in um, one of the first few episodes of this season. But when we obey him and we see the results of obedience, the blessings of obedience, it challenges us to obey him to a greater depth the next time. But that also matures us in sonship. So I think it's really important to build our faith by actually allowing the voice of God to govern our lives and our being. Now, while we're talking about making room, um, I just want to dive right, right quick into this week's fun fact. This week's fun fact is the answer to the question, which continent has the largest population? Asia is the most populous continent on earth. It leads the ranking of the global population by continent in mid-2013. Several large countries are located there, such as China. China is the country with the largest population. Now, that was an interesting fact for me. And so I wanted to share that with you guys in this week's episode. Before we dive right into some of the other principles that may impact and help us in hearing the voice of God and making room for the importance and significance of the voice of God. And so we've spoken about faith. We've spoken about having true faith to make room for God's voice. What other things do you think may help us to hear the voice of God? Let me know. um, Send us on Instagram some of your thoughts. Um, But what other things do you think will help to make room for the voice of God in your life, in our lives, um, as an online community? If you're in the Facebook group, you can chuck it in there um, and we'll have a read of them as well. Um, But the next thing that I really think, the next two things, I'll tie them into one that I think can really help us to hear the voice of God better um, and more and in a a deeper way um, and to build our language. I think uh, these next two principles are more to build our language when it comes to hearing the voice of God, because what can happen sometimes is we can have these experiences. We can hear the voice of God, but it's the struggle is to decode these messages, to interpret them um, and then to be able to practically apply them to our everyday life. And so I think that these next two things will build your build your vocabulary for hearing God's voice. And these two things are prayer and studying the scriptures. Prayer and studying the scriptures. Now, anyone who knows me personally, my friends who listen in, they're probably just laughing because there's no way I could have made it through this episode without sharing these two principles. But prayer and studying the scriptures have been such a powerful framework for me in understanding and being able to practicalize everything that I'm reading, everything that I'm studying. Shameless plug. But if you haven't yet read the more 30 day devotional and aren't yet on the journey of studying the scriptures, these are the things, the things that the the tools for contextualization and interpreting the scriptures and practicalizing the scriptures that I share in that devotional. It's by virtue of even having my own study and prayer life as well. And so make sure that you um, head to the link in the 
the show notes and grab yourself the more devotional because it's not only about the actual content but it's also what I teach in terms of learning how to study the bible and practicalize it it's one thing to have it as head knowledge it's another thing to live it out and that's what I'm sharing with you guys But one of the most important things is the fact that the Bible is the framework by which you will hear the inspired word of God. So the word of God, as we say it in terms of prophecy or or hearing God's voice to you personally, is the inspired word of God. But the Bible is the written word of God. Jesus is considered um, the word of God, the the word of God that became flesh. And so what what I really want us to understand is your commitment to the scriptures is so important for hearing God's voice. Because I give this analogy whenever I'm teaching about hearing the voice of God, even with my mentees, they know this this analogy inside out. But one of the things that's really important for people who want to hear the voice of God or maybe even deepen um, hearing his voice and being able to uh, interpret what he's saying, apply what he's saying, what God is saying, is the fact that... um, it's like teaching your child to talk. So I have some friends that have children. I have my nieces and nephews. I have um, babies everywhere. I have the most beautiful um, children all around me and in my life. And so, um, and I am biased, yes, be mad or whatever. Um, But I have the most beautiful children all around me. um, And I hope to have um, some of my own someday. Um, But children, when you're teaching them to speak, you teach them the alphabet, you teach them phonetic sounds, and then you teach them how to group these sounds together to be able to create words, and then eventually to be able to create whole sentences. Um, And one of the things that I find is that sometimes we um, mystify spiritual things like hearing the voice of God. Um, rather than looking at the earthly pictures that God has given us to show spiritual principles. And so the Bible builds our vocabulary in the spirit to be able to hear what God is saying and understand and comprehend it. So for example, Uh, reading the word of God, studying, meditating, being transformed by the word of God is such an important tool and principle because what God is doing is he's stretching your vocabulary, stretching your ability to comprehend, stretching even your wisdom in hearing the voice of God. If you only have one scripture, whenever I'm teaching, I always use this scripture. I have nothing against it. Actually, it's one of my favorite scriptures that I absolutely love because it portrays the love of God. But before I go off on another tangent talking about the word of God, if you only have John 3.16 or Genesis 1.1 or Philippians 2 verse 4, if those are the only scriptures you have, God is going to have to give you every single message he wants to give you in life through that one scripture. Now, God in his manifold wisdom can do absolutely anything, but it is so much easier to navigate you to a scripture if you already know it. So for example, my friends will tell you, I can quote a scripture verbatim off of the top of my head, not because I'm perfect. There's still so much of the scriptures that I need to learn and understand. I'm still growing in it. I'm also committed to it currently. And so my friends will tell you, I'll quote a scripture off the top of my head verbatim, but to tell you exactly its chapter and index and where it is, that's where I have a struggle. Um, Sometimes you guys even hear me on the podcast, like I'll be like, I'll just put it in the show notes because I can't really tell you where it is off the top of my head, but I can tell you it. 
Why? Because I am committed to the scriptures, not by my own power and might. I love the word of God. Like I could talk about the word of God all day. I love the word of God, but that love was built over time. That commitment to scriptures was built over time. And it was one day reading one verse and then reading two then going and challenging myself to read a scripture, maybe making use of a devotional. Um, I tried various different things. I did Bible studies with my friends, with my family. I, I grew my commitment to the scriptures over a long period of time. But there was also the spiritual element where as I was growing and maturing in my faith, I, re I realized my need and reliance on the word of God needed to be so much greater. I needed to become submitted to the word of God at a much deeper level than I was prior. And so when I came to uni, I made the commitment to God that I would study the scriptures as hard as I studied for my degree, my first degree, because your girl got a master's. It was my graduation. At the time you're listening to this, it was my graduation yesterday. Um, and so I, my, in my first degree, not my second, my first, <laughs> um, tell me congratulations wherever you're listening to this, just to say for congratulations into the wind, I'll pick it up. Um, but yeah, in my first degree, I made the commitment to God that I would study as hard as I studied for my degree, I would study the word of God. Now I made that commitment because I was at a place where I understood that my commitment to the scriptures needed to be so much deeper than what it was and where it was at. I couldn't go a week without studying the scriptures because it wasn't going to be helpful for where I was at and where I believed God wanted to take me. And so I always say in order to build your vocabulary, build your understanding, even symbols, some there are some symbols that I've seen in dreams and in visions when God has shown me things that I only know the meanings and the un, and can comprehend what they God is using those things to speak to me about because I've read a scripture where those things have been used or alluded to, or there is a link, a reference from one scripture to another. And so I think I, I tell people all the time, I don't know how you want God to speak to you expressly, clearly, when you don't have vocabulary. It's like me telling a two-year-old um, the equilibrium of the brain matter and the, the esophagus, that didn't even make sense. So just laugh. It's okay. I'm being, it's okay. Um, that didn't even make sense, but that's like me trying to string together this long sentence with these big words, with phonetic, um, components that are so complex for a two-year-old, um, which would lack, they would lack understanding of what I'm trying to share with them. And so in order to build your vocabulary, build your language, build your language bank for um, hearing God's voice and decoding his messages, I encourage you com to commit to the scriptures. Get yourself the, the more devotional. Get yourself some other devotionals. Listen into other people who are sharing with you the word of God. But most importantly, be committed to the scriptures for yourself. And second of all, alongside that, don't only be committed to the scriptures for reading and studying sake, but be committed by prayer. Pray the scriptures. Um, I believe it's in uh, Matthew, 
it's in the book of Matthew. It will also be in the show notes, but where Jesus teaches the disciples how to pray and he teaches them what we now call the Lord's prayer, but it was the original pattern for prayer. And when you learn that prayer, when you, when you study into the pattern for prayer, you understand that this becomes an open door for communion. So when you pray the scriptures, you are praying the word of God, which God recognizes back to him. And so when you pray, not only um, in our own earthly and carnal understanding and praying and saying, yeah, you're God, this is how I feel, um, which is so important. I believe vulnerability with God in prayer is important. But when you also pray the scriptures to God, you are also allowing him to breathe upon that and to commune with you in such an express way that brings for revelation, that brings for information and insight that can only come from God. And so praying the scriptures, allowing the scriptures that you studied, praying that the manifestation of those scriptures and what God is saying in those scriptures, the promises from those scriptures and the principles from those scriptures, that praying that God would make that manifest in you you praying like that opens a great deep door for communion with God like no other and one of my favorite examples of this is in Luke 1 verse 13 and uh, Zacharias God um, takes his ability to speak because God has such a priceless gem and jewel that he wants to bring um, through Zacharias lineage and so God makes him mute for a moment and in that time, God began to speak to him about what to name his son, who we now know as John, John the Baptist. But God begins to share with him about his son's future. And it comes in the place of prayer. The angel of the Lord visited Zacharias in his place of worship, of prayer, of communion. And so uh, if you read that in Luke 1 verse 13, Luke 1, 11 to 13, even more so, will show you an example of what can happen in the space of communion the depth, the secrets, the, the information, the revelation that God can share with you when you when you actually commune with him. And I'll share an example of this in my own personal life. I may have shared it before, um, but I'll share it again so that if you're new around here, you can get all caught up on the tea, okay? Um, and so for me, at 11 years old, um, I remember my mum and, and dad sitting me and my siblings down and basically sharing with us um, that my mum had a terminal illness and that she was going into surgery. And I remember just like not really knowing how to process that, not really knowing how to go through with this thought as an 11 year old that like that information to you shatters your world. Um, and I remember after that conversation, like before I went to bed, my parents taught us to like pray when we woke up, pray before we go to sleep. And I remember literally before, last thing before I closed my eyes that night at the age of 11, I remember saying to God, like, God, if my mom isn't going to be here um, to be able to help me to navigate womanhood, to teach me how to become a woman, to teach me all of the things to be there for my, um, when I get married and have children and purpose and I begin to walk in my God-given identity and purpose. If she's not going to be able to be here to witness all of that, I need you to show me what to do because I'm, I've only got one life and I'm going to live it in your will, in your way, one time and I'm going to live it right. That was literally what I said to God and I fell asleep. I had one of the most vivid dreams I've ever had in my entire life 
And that dream till today still governs most of my decision-making concerning the big decisions of my life. Because in that dream, there was this long corridor and it was just doors, white doors with labels. One said career, one said education, one said relationships, one said children, one said, there were so many doors. And I remember walking down this corridor and God would open the door and he would show me a glimpse or he would show me enough to make a decision in real life concerning that thing. And then he would close the door. He would open the next door. It, literally, it was like that the entire night, literally walking this corridor um, and opening doors and seeing different glimpses into the future um, and what decision I should be making. So I remember being 11 and being in primary school, about to go into secondary school, year seven, um, and I was going to the school that my brother, my big brother also went to. And I remember um, walking in in the first day and they're like, oh, do you do you know what you want to be? Um, do you know what you want to do when you grow up? And I'm here like, yeah, I want to study politics and I want to go into this and that. Um, literally everything I'm doing now as a career. Um, but I remember going in there knowing what I wanted to do. And my teachers were like, who this girl? Why does she know what she want to do? Like, who her parents, though? And I remember just being like, it's not even from a place of pride. I remember saying that as an 11-year-old. I was like, I promise you, I'm not arrogant, miss. Um, I just I just know that this is what God wants me to do. And I remember saying that with so much conviction then. Um, and I really pray to keep that conviction even now. Um, but it was even the university I've attended. Like I literally remember God opening the door, um, when it came to education and when it came to university and I literally saw my now university campus, um, as it is now. So I remember like not even Googling it. I didn't see the name. I literally just saw the campus. And so I remember, um, being in, sixth form, sixth form college. Um, I'm not going to say what college I went to um, because all y'all um, that go there or went to my rival colleges, um, I don't want to have that conversation today, okay? <laughs> and so I remember being in my sixth form college and sitting in form tutor um, and my one of my friends was like to my other friend, oh, have you applied to this uni? And I was like, oh, what uni is that? Just because I'd never heard of it before. And my friends were like, oh, you should Google it. It's really good. It's in the top 30 for politics and international relations, which is my undergraduate degree. Um, and I was like, oh, that's great. Let me have a look. I was on my way to a Russell Group University, honey. Um, and then um, I remember seeing the campus and remembering this dream. So at that time, I would have been 18. So I was, so the dream was about seven years old at this point. I remember literally zoning back right into that dream from when I was 11 and being like, that's where I have to go. And I put my university as my top choice and I got in. I had a massive road accident where I was knocked over on a zebra crossing, almost lost my life. And I remember being told, oh, you shouldn't go to uni, you shouldn't bother, there's too many injuries, there's this, there's that. Um, I literally gave a testimony 
on my Instagram about some brain doctors doing some tests and telling me there's no point, university is not an option for you. Um, But I was like, I believe God wants me here. And not only has it been about my university journey or my academic journey, but it was also God bringing me to a city to meet certain people, um, to be impacted by so many important beautiful hearts that I've met since being at university and so um, I'm so glad that I had that dream at 11 but I'm also so glad that praying as an 11 year old what seemed to be an innocent and almost um, weird prayer having God answer that prayer and then being able to live in those decisions now and see what God has done for me is such a blessing and so that's why I encourage you guys not only to study the Bible but to also engage in communion with God in the place of prayer those are two really important things that I believe will impact you and help you to hear God's voice better so the first thing was faith the second thing was studying the Bible and prayer And the third thing is humility. The third and final principle is humility. I feel like one of the things that we struggle with the most um, is, is admitting our need for God. Now, we've spoken about this in the Grow series. We spoke about this in um, the Identity Times Purpose series. And here we go again, child. <laughs> here we go again. Hearing God's voice, having God, having him in your life, understanding your need for Jesus Christ and to try and stop relying on your own independence and your own self, but becoming reliant on God, dependent on God, understanding your need for him will challenge you. But it takes humility, not false humility, where you show your need, you show your relationship, you show your depth with Christ in in public, but this is a private reliance on him for the important decisions, for the daily decisions, for the things that no one else sees. Do you rely on him? And it requires humility to say, I need him. To Literally, as you're listening to this, wherever you are, throw your hands up, throw your head back and say, I need Jesus. I'm doing it with you. Hands are up, head is back. I'm shouting, I need Jesus. And it takes humility to say that out loud. But when you say that out loud, you admit also your need to hear his voice. You admit your need to want to know his thoughts that are higher than yours, his ways that are better than yours. You want to know those things when you admit your need for him. And it also matures you into a place of submission, of right posture and positioning before God. But that humility allows you to mature. It allows you to conform to the image of Jesus Christ. It allows you to become more patient, more joyful, more kind, because the thing that things that God shares with you through his messages, through his voice, through his word, they become a lifeline for you. And we spoke about the voice of God that gives you life just a couple of episodes ago, but I'm going to share this with you. One of the things that has blessed me the most about hearing God's voice has not even just been in the big decisions. It's been in the day-to-day stresses of life. It's been in the day-to-day decision-making. It's been in the day-to-day choices that I've had to make. Hearing his voice has saved me many a time. Like I remember one of the things I always say to people is Christians throw this lingo around, oh, I'm praying for you. Oh, I'm praying for you. And 
um, one of the things that really um, impacted me in my journey was the fact that if I had real intercessors, maybe I could make it out of this thing. Now, one of my biggest struggles was the fact that I felt like people were saying they were praying for me, but weren't really praying. (laughs) How many times do you feel like someone has said they're praying for you, but it's not really been they're praying for you. They just wanted to say it as the most Christian kind thing to say. And so one of the things I said, I made a promise to myself. I said, if I'm ever going to tell someone that I'm praying for them, I'm going to pray for them. Now, Holy Spirit has really helped me with that because sometimes you can forget Sometimes life can happen and you can sometimes forget to to fulfill your promises. And that's one of the things that I want. I've always wanted to be my lifeline and legacy, my integrity, my integrity to my word, my integrity to my promises, my integrity to people and to God. And so I remember one day um, leaving an event and I saw someone I absolutely adore. Um, and we spoke about some things and I was like, oh, I've, I really want to pray for you, but this is not the time or the place. There's so many people around. And I was just like, you know what? I'll pray for you. Like, I'll pray for you. I'll message you to check in on you, but I'll pray for you. And I remember them being like, yeah, like things. And I pulled them back and I was like, no, in real life, I'll pray for you. And they like literally well, tears welled in their eyes and they began to cry and they were like, I love you because I know that you mean that. And that changed my view forever. I was like, whenever I make the promise to pray for people, I'm actually going to pray for them. And so um, Holy Spirit reminds me all the time. I remember one time I was writing out my schedule for the day and Holy Spirit was like, remember you said you would pray for so-and-so and I feel like you should pray about this, that and the other. And Holy Spirit even began to tell me what to pray and how to pray for them. Um, I don't believe that checking in on your friends is a spare time activity. It's not for when you're bored. Checking in on your family is not a spare time activity. It's not for when you're bored. It's something that you do to build relationship and to do life with people. And so doing that often, Holy Spirit reminds me all the time, check on your friend, check on your sister, check on your brother, check on your dad, check on like check on all of these people. And that's something I learned from my mom. My mom could be sitting down talking to me, having a conversation with me and she'll be like, hold on a second. I feel like I need to check on so-and-so. As they've come to her mind, she'll check on them. And sometimes those conversations could go on for two, three hours where just a a simple check-in became a, a moment of counseling or of prayer or of fellowship, just communion. And so I think it's really important to allow Holy Spirit in on the day-to-day things, but it takes humility to say that you need him for that because some of us are so grown, so independent. We're so, we're adults. We think, oh yeah, I've got this. I know what I'm doing, especially when we have issues with authority. It's like, I don't want to be told what to do. Listen, I'm talking from experience. Um, But one of the things that can really help us is to admit our need for Holy Spirit. And when we do that, Holy Spirit will be open to helping us even in the seemingly little things. He wants to speak to you and so invest in your communication with God. Learn how he speaks to you. We're going to talk about it in the next few episodes, but learn how God speaks to you. Because when you do that, then you invest in your communion with him, your communication with him, your conversations with him, so that you are making an internal environment 
an internal environment that is conducive for the voice of God at all times, in all places, um, in all ways. And so, yeah, these are the things that I really think would help us to begin to help hear the voice of God more and better and to even make more room for him. Um, and so that's what I wanted to share uh, this week in this week's episode with you guys um, in today's podcast. And so, yeah, my recalibrate challenge of the week for all of you would be to go and grab the more devotional. If you're in the mailing list, then just uh, type in recalibrate in your search bar in your mail. You would have had a discount code sent to you um, to get 10% off. Um, If you're not on the mailing list, then please do sign up on the website. The link will be in the description notes. Um, But if not, there is a sale today um, as we have hit 1K plays on the podcast um, and the code is MORE1K, all caps lock. And you'll also be able to get 10% off um, the more devotional. Um, My challenge for you this week is to grab the devotional. Um, Grab the devotional so you can get a hand, a, a grasp on Um, how to study the Bible, how to learn and to apply and to pray these things until you are truly transformed by the word of God. Um, And so, yeah, guys, that is this week's episode. Um, It's been a kind of a long one, but let me know your feedback as well on Instagram, the li- the links and information will be in the show notes, but also um, email us recalibrateuk at gmail.com, recalibrateuk at gmail.com. Um, if you want to grab the more devotional, it's www.recalibrateuk.com forward slash resources, and you'll be able to grab the resources that you need. So much more is coming this year. So stay tuned and make sure that you share the podcast. We've reached 1K plays, but we want to go so much further. Please make sure that you're sharing the podcast with everyone that you know. Next week, we'll be talking about different streams of revelation and the fact that God speaks to us in different ways. And we'll be speaking about discernment. We'll be speaking about true discernment. What is discernment as a stream and channel of revelation? And I'm so excited for that. And I can't wait to see you in next week's episode. But for now, peace and love.